Did you know in about a month it'll be time for the Democratic National Convention that's going to be held right up the street in Philadelphia at the Wells Fargo Center? Why do I mention that? Because I read some articles about Bernie Sanders supporters uh, preparing to protest at the convention. One supporter even says something just truly baffling and shocking. We'll, We'll go over the details on that. Also got an article from Mike Rowe I want to read. We have some Bernie Sanders news. That and a whole lot more. Thanks for tuning in. busy week this past week. This week is going to be no lighter. So it would seem. It re- <laughs> Woo. Let me say this. This past week, I actually I had a somewhat of a break, so to speak. I listen to a lot of media. Uh, I take in a lot of media, rather. I, I mean, listen is, is perfectly fine a word. I listen to well, I listen to Glenn Beck, I listen to Buck Sexton, I listen to Jason Stapleton. I listen to a host of other shows. It's just, you know, sometimes it's literally background noise filler. Uh lots of times it's intently listening. Jason Stapleton, for example, libertarian minded fella. Very uh very different type of show when you listen to him. Glenn Beck uh, like I tell, like I tell people, I listen to Glenn Beck almost with a filter. Like there's times where I just go, "Oh no, nobody, no, 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 no." But at times he's right. When somebody's right, they're right. All right. If Bill Maher comes out and says something right, I'm gonna say, oh, "Well, Bill Maher is right." I guess that's a bad example. Maybe I should say Keith Olbermann, because Keith Olbermann was terrible. He was probably the worst. Uh, air quotes. Ow. My desk just attacked my elbow. Just out of nowhere. The drawer flew out. Keith Olbermann. Listening to Keith Olbermann when he was talking. He was like the worst air quotes newscaster ever. That's why That's why you got canned and you're a sports guy again. Which I know. Somebody's, somebody out there is probably saying... Why are you even throwing shots at Keith Olbermann? Because you're a nobody running a podcast. But I'm just saying. I'm just saying. Get all the insults out on myself. Make fun of myself so I can show everybody that I don't really care. Subsequently, though, if you take a break from listening to these podcasts, sometimes you take a break from keeping up on the news. And uh, since about, I don't know, 75 to 80, maybe even 90% of the news the past week has just all been Omar Mateen and gun control and, and Muslim banning and all that, all that lovely jazz since that's what it's been. Like I had to take a break and every once in a while you do you I mean you just you shut it off you don't pay attention to it you don't read anything on it and I think I think it's almost somewhat therapeutic to do that uh, it's it's odd because I I would sit here and tell you that me running the podcast me doing this is therapeutic to me because I get my all my thoughts out on the news like I sit down I write them out. I think about all these different angles. Uh, I look at uh, different things with it. 
And it's like I'm venting almost. And it, that can be therapeutic. But sometimes you just got to shut it off and not pay a damn bit of attention to it. And in the past week, that's what it's been. Because I can't stand, like, I don't want to talk about um, the Orlando shooter. I didn't even want to say his name. I said his name this one time. I didn't say it, uh, I didn't say it last episode, I don't think. And I, I don't. I was listing off the names of the victims. And I'm pretty sure all of them have been released uh, by now. I'm not going to go back and read them uh, aloud on the podcast. Uh, you, I, go go look it up and you can get everybody uh, on your own time. And pay, them the, pay them that respect on that level. But that's what I wanted to do with last week's episode and that's what I did. I didn't... Did I, uh, did I mention the guy by name? Because I don't recall doing it. I might have, but I don't recall. I recall... I recall right when I was sitting down to record that episode that I didn't want to say uh, a word of his name. Uh, I didn't want to say part of his name. I, I really didn't want to do any of that. And you can see the rhetorics of both sides of the aisle because I, I believe both sides are guilty on this. I believe that people who rush to the gun control angle, it's it's almost like people who fell in line behind Bernie Sanders on, on free education or tuition-free education, rather, like, it's something that is thrown out there as the cure-all. And it, it, won't, it won't cure-all. You'll get it, and then people are still going to die in mass shootings. That's what's going to happen. And yes, we can go into statistics. We can go into how, you know, no well-armed citizen with their Second Amendment right has stopped a mass shooting. But last I also checked, uh, most of these mass shootings happen in areas that are quote, gun-free zones, end quote. In fact, the Libertarian Party released uh, a press release shortly, well, not, not it wasn't immediately after, but it was shortly thereafter, calling for an end to gun-free zones because the Libertarian Party believes that you have a gun-free zone, nobody can have a gun there, and then your wild gunman actually picks a gun-free zone, knowing that they can go into a building, hold it up, and... and do whatever because nobody there's going to have a gun. So there's that angle of that argument. So you had everybody rushing to do that and then you have everybody else you had everybody else rushing to talk about how ISIS was to blame for this guy. And all the news stories now point to this guy was like a closeted uh homosexual who obviously grew up in a religion that isn't so hot on gays. I'm just, you know, we're talking about what were the stories in the Middle East where they were throwing gays off of roof, rooftops and there was a there was um an audio clip going around the internet and I'm sure it's still there. I'm not uh I'm not going to dive in and find it, but it was I believe uh commentary going on in in the mosque in Orlando where uh the guy was quoted saying that uh the only the only way to help out somebody who's gay is by killing them. So, I mean, you know, talk about dangerous rhetoric and all that, but... So if you had this guy who was a uh, closeted homosexual, uh, growing up in an environment where he was taught that it was so bad that you should kill somebody, it's better to kill somebody than let them be gay. If they're growing up in that kind of environment... Uh, 
and they're trying to lead a double life in secrecy because they said this guy they said he frequented the club people uh people have come out now guys have come out now and talked about how he tried to date them tried to you know you know do the whole nine yards with them and then you see he shoots up the place and he pledged allegiance to ISIS last minute and we can talk all we want about his father his father's really messed up you can look up and uh, dive into his father's personal history. It's 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 something that I don't want to get into. I really don't. Um, but it's out there. It's on internet land. You just got to go look him. And it's verified and and you know good sources. It's not it's not BS being thrown about. But all I can say is that at the end of the day, it looks like it looks like a closeted homosexual who grew up in repression and not only just repression, but Hatred of it. So you have a guy, he's living a double life, he kind of hates himself, and he finally decides he's going to adopt the banner of ISIS to cover it up. That's that's what I think. Everybody's saying that, oh, ISIS is directly responsible. I think it was more ISIS conveniently taking credit for the event happening because the guy last minute pledged allegiance to ISIS. So I, you know, I don't really think you could sit here and say that. Um, I, it definitely, to me, wasn't some blueprinted plan that they rolled out and said, "All right, he's going to do it. He's going to do Orlando." I, I don't, I don't think so. But I'm done talking about that. Can can I stop talking about that? I don't want to talk about gun control. Uh, I, I've said my piece on that already. I think that I think that some very interesting things have come from it too. Everybody's going to the watch list. Oh, let's have the terrorist watch list, the no-fly list. If you're on the no-fly list, you shouldn't be able to buy a gun. And there is, you know, there's all this talk about, you know, you have the right to due process, and you could just be put on the terror watch list without any due process happening. So you're taking away somebody's right by putting them on a list, no due process. So you've put them on a list because they're suspected of something, but you don't have any evidence of it. You're just watching them, but you're taking away their rights anyway. It gets into this big hairy argument that goes uh, 20 different ways. Just for example, uh, Jason Stapleton's last episode, I believe it was Friday, that it got put out. He played a sound clip from Senator Joe Manchin. Joe Manchin is a Democratic senator from West Virginia, and he was quoted saying... On, uh, on Morning Joe, no less. Now brace yourselves, this is a long quote. All right. <clears throat> quote, If a person is on the terrorist watch list like the gentleman, the shooter in Orlando, twice by the FBI, we were briefed yesterday about what happened, but the man was brought in twice. They did everything they could. The FBI did everything they were supposed to do, but there was no way to keep him on the Knicks list or keep him off the gun buy list. Does that mean keep him on the gun buy list? I don't know. There was no way to do that. So we can't say that if a person under suspicion, there should be a five-year period of time that we have to see if good behavior, if this person continues the same traits. Maybe we could come up with that type of an agreement. But due process is what's killing us right now. End quote. Due process is what's killing us right now. That, that, that damn piece of paper giving people, giving people rights. Your Fifth Amendment right of the United States Constitution states, nor shall any person 
be deprived of life, liberty, or property without due process of law. And Section 1 of the 14th Amendment of the United States Constitution states, Nor shall any state deprive any person of life, liberty, or property without due process of law. But that's what's killing us right now. These people and their rights. What the hell? It's exactly, if you want to listen in on some good in-depth conversation, I implore you, go find Jason Stapleton's show. Listen to his episode about Joe Manchin. Because he calls for the resignation of him. Because his oath is to protect and uphold the U.S. Constitution against all enemies, foreign and domestic. And what do you think about a guy who gets out there and says, Oh, man, due process is what's killing us right now. We need to get to some kind of an agreement where we can where we can bypass some of these constitutional rights of people. And I, I couldn't agree more. In fact, you know what? First Amendment, totally pesky and in the way. It allows people like me to get on here and say things, state my opinion of things, and that could piss people off. It's pesky and it's in the way. It also lets me practice a religion if I want to and also says I don't have to practice a religion if I don't want to. What the hell? Where's the control, people? Where is the control? Hell, Fourth Amendment? Fourth Amendment says that law enforcement would have to gain a warrant to search my stuff. And mind you, I'm a correctional sergeant. I've got nothing to hide. Why wouldn't I just... Fourth Amendment, why would I put up a barrier or a firewall? Why would I try to make their jobs harder? Why wouldn't I just let them come in my door, knock on my front door anytime, and just let them come in and search for something if they need to look around for, for whatever? Without, without a warrant, without suspicion, without a target, uh, just let them you know, search through my stuff. And if so, if so they should find something, then you know, just lock me up. I sure as hell hope I don't have to, you know, I'm being sarcastic. I actually staunchly defend all these rights. And I want them defended. And I want them intact. I hope I don't have to say that. But somebody out there is going to listen and be like, this guy is saying the Constitution should burn to the ground. Absolutely not. That's. I think that there needs to be some extreme reverting back to the Constitution. But maybe that's just me. So let's uh, let let us switch focus to uh, Bernie Sanders. Uh, it, I I'm I I haven't dropped out as you may as you may see. I believe uh, that uh, Secretary Clinton uh, she still does not have uh, enough delegates without the help of super delegates, and therefore I am still running uh, as. Uh, as a Democrat, and I'm still running uh, for, for President of the United States. Bernie Sanders is still at it. Still at it. And as I said, uh, give the guy a nod for perseverance. I understand a lot of people like him because he's like a genuine human being, sort of. He's he's like he's like your grandfather up there, right? You can't hate your grandfather. I don't know because my grandparents died when I was born. Very sad. Sidebar, you know, yesterday was Father's Day, and Father's Day is always a mixed bag for me. I'll save that for the end. I'll save that for the end. Anyway, so Bernie Sanders, old man, you know, nice old man up there, 
talking about uh, talking about Wall Street, talking about tuition-free education, uh, talking about uh, uh, universal uh, health care, uh, talking about a lot of the you know panda points. These are all my panda points, not panda points like pander, but I don't know. I guess I put a little Boston in them. Panda points. These are all my panda points. He would be a lot funnier if he was from Boston, wouldn't he? Old man from Boston. Oh, well. So Sanders is still going hard at it. Um, article from The Hill yesterday reports that his Secret Service bill is more than $38,000 a day. That's taxpayer money hard at work, if you ask me. I just, I, I assume that's the costly side of politics. Why the hill is picking out Bernie Sanders, I don't know, because uh, Donald Trump, I'm sure, carries an even heftier bill uh, on Secret Service agents just because of the things that he says and all the protesting and shit. I'm sure Hillary Clinton carries a steep Secret Service bill, but that's, hey, taxpayer dollars, baby. Taxpayer dollars to to uh, protect possible presidential hopefuls. I guess you know this late in the race now. There's only uh, really there's only three people vying for it, and Bernie Sanders isn't the third. It's it's Hillary Clinton, Secretary Clinton, uh, Donald J. Trump, huge, and Gary Gary. I'm the only sane, even though I'm a little bit insane, one Johnson. And I'm going to assume he has, like, no Secret Service protection because they're like, ah, he's a libertarian guy. Come on, he just stopped smoking pot, like, two months ago to brush up and be presidential. But that brings me to another article by The Hill posted June 18th titled, Sanders Supporters Practice Convention Protests. This is... I didn't know you practiced protesting. Let's read, shall we? Supporters of Vermont Senator Bernie Sanders' presidential bid, which is all but officially over now that Hillary Clinton has the pledged delegates needed to secure the Democratic presidential nomination, practiced disruptive behavior on Saturday at the People's Summit Conference in Chicago. Sponsored by National Nurses United. The hell? A progressive union that backs Sanders. Okay, a progressive union. Makes sense. Progressive. I love that word. Progressive. To move forward. Beautiful little word you put in there to make it seem like you're the right side. Uh, Where was I? The People's Summit aims to unite progressives to put pressure on the Democratic Party and Clinton. BuzzFeed reported. In the basement where the conference was <laughs> Are you serious? In the basement. They're in the basement. In the basement where the conference was held, some younger Sanders supporters prepared for direct action. Loud, consistent, and perhaps disruptive protest outside the Democratic National Convention in Philadelphia next month. Several dozen attended a training session on how to march, how to follow a chant, how to defy police orders to create human chains. 
and how to conduct themselves when police step in and physically remove them. Thousands of Sanders supporters have signed a Facebook petition. Wow! Promising to protest the Democratic Convention, and many said Saturday they expected the police to step in. Quote, They're going to arrest people, period, end of story, so we just want to prepare ourselves, Cassidy Turner told BuzzFeed. Quote, We're not going to be violent. We don't really have a reason to get arrested, but it's going to happen. So we want to prepare ourselves, end quote. Well, Miss Turner, I hope you realize that just because you have the right of the people to peaceably assemble and petition the government for a redress of grievances, that doesn't mean you can't get arrested because you're blocking a road or doing other belligerent things. Do you even know what belligerent means? Hostile and or aggressive. I'm sorry, I know it's not all Bernie Sanders fans, but here's, here it is. I'm going to piss off all of them in one fell swoop. Bernie Sanders sold out a long time ago. You want to know when Bernie Sanders sold out? He's been an independent for years. We've talked about this time and again on this program. He was a damn independent. He was not part of the Democratic Party. At all. He flipped the switch in 2015 to run for president on the Democratic platform. Why did he do that? Because he knew he wouldn't get as much support if he tried it independently. Meaning, he sold out. He sold out the minute he decided to switch the I after his name to a D. And in his head, I guess it worked out beautifully in his head. He, knew, he felt he would just take the movement, take over the Democratic Party, break down everything that was in the way, and restructure it to his vision. And it didn't work. And now, he's being the solly old man. And these supporters, these protesting-like supporters... On that side of the aisle, now they're showing their true colors because they just look like big, giant babies. Okay, you wanted Grandpa Bernie in the hot seat. I get it. Let's look at the delegate count, shall we? Hillary Clinton has 2,219 pledged delegates. You need 2383 to win. So yes, she's she's just short of the number on on pledged delegates. Guess how much Bernie has? He has 1832. And as much as as much as you want to argue, oh, those super delegates, they can flip. I sincerely doubt you're going to flip the 587 from her to the 48 that he has. I get it. You're feeling snuffed out. You are. And what you do is you start looking at the different things that you didn't like this election. Uh, the delegate process. I mean, everybody wants to switch to a one-for-one one vote. Well, then you got to push for that. You just can't sit here and go, We want a one-for-one one vote. One-for-one. One. Everybody counts. We want that, and we want it right now, even though all the rules have been stated and known for years. Start pushing through your people to either take over the Democratic Party and switch your practices, or 
all of you because there's a significant chunk of you. A lot of a lot of independent voters felt disenfranchised because they couldn't vote in the primaries. That's something that I've said you should be able to do. But if the Democratic Party ain't going to do it, well, then you all got to band off and start your own party. Do it. You have the numbers. Do it. I don't agree with half of what you all want, but do it. That's, I found the party that I fall in line with. That's the Libertarian Party. That's about as good as it gets for me. And when I say that, I don't say that as like a downput. I mean, literally, my party calls for freedom. What does yours call for? Because Democrats and Republicans, they just seem the, like the opposite side of controlling coins. That's, that's what I see. But Bernie Sanders supporters, if you want to throw a hissy fit at the convention, by all means, do it in Philadelphia because I'm going to need material for the podcast. I'm going to need people to look at it and go, look at these, look at these whiny babies in Philadelphia throwing trash cans and thinking that they shouldn't be arrested when they're being belligerent and, uh, and, and, and causing uh, uh, public scenes and, and nine billion other things because their candidate lost. Because that's, that's what it boils down to now. You're all just sore losers. I'm not saying jump on Hillary Clinton's bandwagon. I'm not. But to try to, like, to try to strong arm the Democratic committee from now turning, uh, turning pledged delegates or, or super delegates towards another candidate just because 49% of you want it. I mean, if we can even say that. Because guess what? If you're independent and you're talking about how the Democratic Party disenfranchised you, no, they didn't. You're independent. Okay, I don't feel disenfranchised by the Republican Party because I couldn't go vote in my state's primary for Rand Paul. He was out of the race by the time the primaries here rolled around anyway. So even if I was registered as a Republican to vote in those primaries, I wouldn't have done it because what were my options? Donald Trump and Ted Cruz? Whoop-de-freaking-do! I could have I voted for the guy that's huge and loves Delaware, has like 387 entities or more registered at an address in Wilmington for tax breaks, but we won't talk about that. Or I could have picked Ted Cruz. I love the Constitution, but if you're gay, I don't like you. Sorry. Sorry. No hard feelings, Ted Cruz fans. I actually, at least he talked about the Constitution a little bit. God, the choices are awful this year. Just awful. I was going to dive into talking about VP picks, but no. I'm no. I'm not going to do that. I'm not going to dive into VP choices right now. Because VP choices even couldn't make me like either of these candidates. And actually, I don't even like Gary Johnson's William Weld. I really, I don't. I don't like him. I don't, you know... Um, I think I've stated this, and if I haven't, then I'll tell you right now. My vote for Gary Johnson is more for a third party, more for, um, more for opening up things in the future, um, for, for uh, reshaping the political landscape of America. Um, yes, this is my actual voice and accent. I'm just trying to infiltrate and and change things for the better. And, uh, you know, that's my vote for Gary Johnson more so than anything. I, I believe he brings fiscal responsibility. Uh, I believe that he still, um, as many libertarians want to um, say that he's, uh, that he's not a libertarian, um, he does spiel about less government and smaller government and fiscal responsibility, which is what I think we need to ha- aim our focus on right now. 
but that's just me. But that's my vote for Gary Johnson. It's not it's not how it was like a couple months ago. He's revealed his true colors, and so it's more like, yeah, I'm going to vote for Gary Johnson so that soon real libertarians can have have a means. So more libertarians can have a means. Uh, you know, Bill Clinton here. Maybe uh, if I if I ran for president, I think everybody would just vote for me. So I, I have this Mike Rowe thing. And I, I mentioned it in the intro. I didn't realize he posted this January 17th, 2016 on his website, MikeRowe.com. And, uh, I mean, Mike Rowe has his own... Mike Rowe has his own unique style of communication. I think Mike Rowe is a great guy. Uh, I think he would be an excellent position in politics because it seems to me that he has no interest in being a politician. And those are the best people for the job. But let me just read some of this for you. Uh, Quote, Hello, friends. I've just received a request from the White House. On behalf of the President, I've been asked to share some talking points directly with each one of you regarding the need to expand background checks on those citizens who wish to purchase a gun. Just kidding. For some reason, I was not among those celebrities listed to assist the White House in this endeavor. I've since recovered from my initial disappointment and identified three possible explanations for the oversight. Number one, the White House did not ask for my assistance because they do not believe I'm famous enough to persuade people of anything. Two, the White House did not ask for my assistance because they do not believe I would tweet out someone else's words and claim they were my own. And number three, the White House did not ask for my assistance because they do not believe I support background checks. With respect to number one, the White House is correct. My powers of persuasion, like my celebrity, are limited. Regarding number two, the White House is correct again. I would never post someone else's talking points as if they were my own. My own particular brand of hubris requires me to use my own words, which is probably why everyone in my office has developed a permanent facial tick. As for number three, though, the White House would be mistaken to assume that I oppose background checks on gun purchases. I do not. I'm just skeptical that expanding a broken system is the best way to keep guns away from bad guys and lunatics. Now, I don't want to read this whole thing for you, because it goes on. But I implore you to go to Mike Rowe. If you don't follow Mike Rowe on Facebook or Twitter, or you can just go to his website, MikeRowe.com. I think that Mike Rowe brings up a very good argumentative points of, of these subjects. Of a lot of different subjects. I think he's a very interesting man. May I say that? may even be the most interesting man in the world. But one other thing I want to read from Mike Rowe, and it was, it's it's short, so I'll read it. It was June 12th, posted it after the Orlando shooting. And it says, quote, I'm on a plane now headed back to Baltimore, watching this nightmare unfold on the back seat in front of me. There's a kid sitting next to me, maybe 10 years old, trying to get his head around the details of what's happened. He has many questions, and because he's seen me on television, he thinks I have the answers. All I could think to tell him was the same thing I always recall on days like this one. It's a quote from Mr. Rogers. Quote, When I was a boy and I would see scary things in the news, my mother would say to me, Look for the helpers. You will always find people who are helping. Orlando and the rest of us need all the helpers we can get. Godspeed. End quote. 
Perfect response. Perfect response. Nothing more needs to be said on that. Especially not to a kid. And for anybody going, well, why is a 10-year-old kid wrapping their head around this? Think about this. I'm 27 now. And get this. This actually just shocked me. I just sat down down and and thought about it. September 11th, 2001. uh, This September coming up, it's going to be the 15-year mark. 15 years. So I was 12. I was 12 on September 11th, 2001. I believe. And I remember coming home from school and all I did was sit in front of the TV and I watched the news coverage all day long. Uh, Kids and and young kids, when something major like that happens, it's very impressionable. And I, I remember sitting there and just thinking, wow. Wow, this is horrible. And I was just thinking about all the hate and all the hate, all the intolerance and and everything else in the world. And that was 15 years ago. And here at 27, I find that Mike Roseline is is far better. Look for the helpers. Look for the good. Um, Look for the good. I'm not going to dive in. Uh, 15 years. That means that means come September there's going to have to be uh some kind of big episode for for 9/11. I didn't It's it's weird how you don't think about things like that and then when the thought comes up you have to sit back and you have to go, "Wow, it's 15 years." Wow. I I still find that kind of hard to believe. So, you know, I didn't start off the podcast with uh, how my week went or what's coming up. Remember, like, a couple months ago I told you about Solar City, and then I gave you the update and everything? Well, tomorrow, tomorrow, ladies and gentlemen, is the big day that Solar City is going to come and install the system on my house. That doesn't mean I'm going to start using solar energy tomorrow. They come, they, uh, they install the solar panels, they install the converter boxes, they install and, and they switch over the lines so that solar energy can be fed into my house and into my power lines and all that. That all happens tomorrow. And then from there, after they're done, we have to, get, uh, we have to set up a, like a county inspection day where the inspectors from the state come. And they look at it and they go, yeah, you're good. And then I get the okay and I can actually flip on the switches and turn it on and start using solar panels and, and using the solar power. So... So pay attention to the Facebook page and to uh, at FritzQS on Twitter. I'm going to take pictures tomorrow when they're here setting stuff up. I'll take pictures of the finished product, and then when I actually dive in and start using it and get some electricity bills and I can tell you the differences, I'll gladly relay the information and tell you guys. Um, I'm excited. I am really excited because they're getting ready to jack power rates over here and I'm, you know, I'm kind of locked into a 20-year deal with Solar City and at a lesser rate, no less. So, I'm looking forward to I'm looking forward to seeing how these things work efficiently. Like my I have a couple buddies that have them and they they swear by them. They say it's the greatest thing ever. You feel good because you're you're going green energy. 
but your pocketbook is suffering a little less from your electric bills. So, so pay attention to the Facebook tomorrow. Um, who knows? I might even do a little live session. Who knows? Wouldn't that be cool? Live session. Tune in. We'll see. We'll see what's up. But definitely pictures. Definitely, um, definitely pictures and text. Text that you can read. Grammatically correct. Free of error. I would hope, at least, anyway. Let's see. Anything in the past week that I need to brush up on? Not really. Not really. So, let's call it quits for today, huh? I say I say we're good. I vented a little bit. I feel I feel pretty good about myself now. Do you feel good? I hope you do. I hope you do. Anyway, this week I should be in my normal foray. I do have finals this week. Oh, God, I have finals this week. I'm going to be doing a lot of writing. That's what that's what's I'm going to be doing a lot of writing. Going to write a lot of papers. Going to write going to write some papers, you know. Not going to play video games. Definitely not going to happen. Going to have to write, you know, going to have to write pages, you know, words on 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 in Microsoft. You know, go uh go uh, you know, 7 to 10 pages. Oh, you know, on a subject matter, you know, cite some sources, APA style, um, because MLA is for losers. MLA is for losers. All right, everybody, everybody cites APA style. Nobody cites MLA style, except for my former high school teacher, whom I really, really did not like. Not Miss Mary Jane. She did not teach English class. She taught. What did you teach, Miss MJ? You taught civics, history. Uh, you taught the stuff that I found interesting. I just, I can't figure out the titles of the stuff. It's been, it's been years, been years since I've, you know, been in a formal school setting. Forgive me, but my English teacher, my God, MLA format. Why? Nobody uses MLA. That's it. Well, you know what? No, that's not it. Hold on. I do. I, I, I play out now. I have music to play out. Where? There we go. So, it's been another week of the FritzCast. I thank you all for joining me. A couple of things I'm working on. FritzCast, Fritz Forward, still needs to happen. Uh, yes, I'm still in the works for that, so you can tell your buddies who you want to get caught up on the show hold off. I, I'm getting ready to pump out some highlight episodes. Uh, I'm also working on a new intro. Um, probably going to be the same theme song that you're hearing right now, uh, but it's going to include some quotes from some politicians, some inspirational stuff. I'm going to beef it up, make it cool, play with it. So That's it. Thank you. Please like and share this on the Facebook. Uh, that's the FritzCast page on Facebook. I'm at FritzQS on the Twitter. And as always, you can listen to this show on SoundCloud. You can download it on iTunes. You can listen on Stitcher. And we're working on getting on Google Play, too. You guys have a good week. I'll see you next week.